of the sixth, and rookie sensation Ricky Vaughn on the pitch now. You can close the book on Kelder. Thank God. Relax, Ricky. We're only four runs down. We're still in this game. You take it to him. Oh, all right. Look, man. Guy gets a second, first sign indicator. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the offseason in his major league debut. I'm gonna light your ass up, meat. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? Now back to Heat Wave Sports with Tim Bunglesby and Tom Barton. Hour two, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Let's talk Major League Baseball right now. Tom Barton, TomBartonSports.com. My, always my co-host each and every weekend, 10 to midnight. And Tommy Wee, let, let's, let's get the All-Star out of the way first. The finalists have been announced for the fans who can vote on who they'd like to see in the All-Star game, Tommy. And already, we haven't even got to the selections. We can't even get through the, the voting process correctly without there being glaring omissions. It, it's absolutely sick. First of all, I, you know, I don't try to pay attention. I really do. I do everything I can to avoid the All-Star garbage like the plague. It is an awful display. It's ridiculous. It's a farce. These uniforms came across my eyes, and I needed bleach to clean out my freaking eyes. It was disgusting. These uniforms, everything about it is disgusting. It's horrible, okay? But I got notified because I was on my show uh, last week, and I said, you know, in the American League for MVP, let's not forget Matt Olson has to be thrown into to his hat into the ring. And I said, I know the obvious is, you know, man, Matt Olson, here's a guy he's batting over 300, got 20 home runs. I mean, he's having a great year. And, and I thought it was an obvious choice, right? I mean, Matt Olson is uh, one of the top five MVP nominees in a stacked American League. Tim, it comes out, he's not even among the finalists. Not even among the finalists. Matt Olson is nowhere to be found. I, I was stunned. We, we, we've just talked about, you know, growing up. I don't know if it was always this way, Tom. We were just younger. But really, we've just seen the fiasco that has become in, in all the sports, really, when you think about it. And the NFL doesn't seem to have one anymore. At least if they do, I don't know about it because I don't watch it. You know, it's... Um, wouldn't it just be better off either A, just keep playing, or B, let them all have the days off? I mean, if you need a rest, then let's rest everybody. Tim, Yasmani Grandel is a finalist. He has a 175 robust average. <laughs> 175 <laughs> is his batting average. He's a finalist. I mean, can we get more ridiculous? Is there What, what would it take? to get more ridiculous. I hope he wins. I hope he's the starter now. So they have to announce, starting for the American League All-Star team, a 175 batting catcher. Yeah. Popularity contest, right? That's all it is. I mean, look, Vlad deserves the first base nod. We know that. And really, Gurriel is actually having a decent season. Jose Abreu over Matt Olson. I mean, even Gurriel shouldn't be above Matt Olson. That's terrible. Terrible situation. Seven Astros are being collected. Seven. Look, they have the number one offense in the league. I get that. 
But seven Astros, do, do they all really believe it? Is, is this what we're going down? Is this what we're looking at where these guys are getting a nod? Guriel is getting a nod over Matt Olsen? Come on. Do better, man. And Tim, did you see the jersey? Because I'm not, I am not really going out on a limb here. These things are awful. I mean, this is yeah. And they're wearing them during the game. Like, I was like, oh, man, those are some ugly home run jer- jer- derby jerseys. And someone said, no, 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 they're wearing them during the game. I was a fan of the days where they just wore their regular jerseys. It was all mismatched oh, out yeah, there. Oh, you know. the was, was, was excellent. It was excellent. Mind you, Mike Trout is a finalist. Tommy's missed half the season. So, yeah, and we love him. Gotta have Mike Trout there. Yeah. We love him, but he doesn't deserve to be there, you know? Well, you know, Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux is a part-time player. Didn't he get sent down and called back up? Yeah, and, and, and no Jake Cronenworth, who, oh, by the way, is first for second baseman in just about every category that matters. Yeah, having a great year. Jake Cronenworth, not a finalist. Gavin Lux, basically a minor league. You know, this is the stuff that you you just get to to a point. And to make my point about Jake Cronenworth, by the way, um, and I know, look, I like the guy a little bit more than everybody else. His war, first among National League second baseman. Oh, you don't like war? Tied for first for the most home runs National League second baseman. 31 RBIs, second National League second baseman. Runs, first National League second baseman. RBIs, second National League second baseman. Hits, second National League second baseman. Average, second National League second baseman. OPS, second National League second baseman. But Gavin Lux deserves Yeah, the only way Cronenworth's making that as, as a replacement or hope somebody gets injured, I mean, that's sickening. We're going to have... A, well, we potentially could have, hopefully they'll correct it. We potentially could have an all-star game with a 175 hitter and Matt Olson and Jake Cronenworth sitting at home. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it makes sense. But, you know, it, it, look, Tim, you know baseball is my first love, right? I mean, uh, baseball is, is my wife. I always compare sports, uh, you know, in a way like, Football is, is your girlfriend. You have a great time with her. She was once a week. You don't really have to put in the investment. But every time you hang out with her, it's a great day. Baseball is your wife. You see her every day. You love her. Baseball is my all-time love, Tim. But there, there's a point here where I almost wanted to crash and burn because they, they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. You know, yeah. my friend just did an interview with David Wells, and David Wells doesn't even watch the game anymore because of the man in charge. And it's not the first person to tell me that. Not the first athlete that used to be a, a very good baseball player to tell me, you know what, I can't watch because of the man in charge. And the man in charge right now with the All-Star game, it, it seems like little things. But you know what, ugly uniforms, bad selections. You know, first of all, moving the All-Star game was, was one of the most ridiculous, horrific things that, that you could do to the city of Atlanta. And just absolutely horrendous decisions from top on bottom. I don't know. I don't know one person, forget about your political view, I don't know one person that has any idea what they're talking about in, in sports and in baseball that agreed with that decision, and all they keep doing is just shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again, Tim. Yep. Manfred, Selig before that, it's... You're right. It's, Who would have thought that I'd be hearkening back and going, man, I wish we had fun Selig back? <laughs> I mean, that's bad. I, I spent, you know, pretty much half my career just destroying Bud Selig and the decisions he made. I mean, he eventually, uh, you know, ruined baseball to a point of no return. But 
Manfred's just, uh, you know, he's beating the dead horse, right? He, 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 if Keeley killed baseball, Manfred literally just put the dirt on top. <laughs> well, let's look at, you know, let's look at the MVP race right now. And I know it's, we're not even at the halfway point, but we're, we're close. And uh, two guys in the American League, let's save that. Let's go to the National League first, Tommy. And right now, your favorites appear to be Acuna, Tatis, and and we got to throw Jacob Degrom in there, Tom. We got to do it. Tim, I, I have been against pitchers winning an MVP since I was burned when I was young. Don Mattingly deserved it, and they gave it to Roger Clemens. And even back then, we're talking about 1986, right? In 1986, I'm sitting there as a nine year old kid, eight nine year old kid, and I realize what? Wait a minute. How are you giving a pitcher an MVP? Uh, you know what I mean? I bet he's only got 30, 35 stars. And that was a different time. That's when they actually pitched complete games. And I still was so burned about the Clemens thing. And we've gone over this time and time again. There was a time where Kershaw was right there. And I said, as much as I love Kershaw, I don't know if I can give him the MVP. This is different. Jacob deGrom is your MVP. Uh, if you want to take the overall conversation here about who is the most valuable player to your team? Who is the best player? Because a lot of people do that. It's Jacob DeGrom. When you turn around and you look at uh, Ronald Acuna, and we'll start with him. You know, the guy is fantastic. I'm not taking it away from him. But on his own team, there is an argument to be made that Freddie Freeman is a more important player. He won the MVP last year, right? There is a very good argument to be made that... Atlanta it would say on their own team that Freddie Freeman is more important this year to the organization. When you look at the Atlanta Braves, oh, by the way, they're also not a first-place team. So now we go to Fernando Tatis. Everybody loves Tatis, right? Tatis, Tatis, Tatis. Tatis is one of the worst fielders in baseball. I don't care about his jump throws and, oh, my goodness, look at what he did, the Odell Beckham uh, catch they're comparing it to today and everything else. He leads the short, National League shortstops in errors. He makes bad throwing mistakes. The guy's got a howitzer. He's got a ridiculous arm. He's a bad fielder, Tim, a bad fielder. He also has been injured multiple times this year. If you're not available, well, how are you valuable to your team? San Diego isn't in first place. They're in third place. I mean, it's a tough division all you want. But again, I think San Diego could probably be in third place without Fernando Tatis. If he wasn't there, look at how did San Diego do. How are the Padres doing without Tatis? They actually have a winning record, and they're doing okay. Now let's go to Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom is doing things that we've never seen before. And we're going to talk to you about the American League, about guys doing things that we've never seen before. We've never seen this before. Well, you have to go back to 1913 to find a guy with a lower ERA for his first 13 starts. It was 0.69 is Gram. He has 0.68. So basically, one percentage point off, okay, of a, of a one percentage point of a percentage point, or Jacob DeGrom is having the greatest 13 starts in the history of all-time baseball. We are talking about history of all-time baseball. All-time. Okay, Fernando Tatis is having a nice season. Ronald Acuna is having a nice season. We're talking about all-time great. And let's take it a step further. The New York Mets are also in first place. 
Let's take it a step further. Jacob DeGrom is pretty good at the bat, right? He's got more RBIs than he's allowed runs this year, Tim. And Jacob DeGrom is the overall all-around player at this point. Where we're going to go from here, who knows? Jacob DeGrom could have two bad starts where he just, look, he just doesn't have five innings, three earned runs. He doesn't even have to get blown up. And he's probably out of the running because you have to have an all-time kind of season to win an MVP as a pitcher. But where we stand today, you, you have to be insane to not give it to Jacob DeGrom. You have a third-place Atlanta Braves team, a third-place San Diego team. Both of those teams, you could argue, the guy that we're talking about isn't the most important player on their own team. You could have an argument about it. They're not even the most important player on their own team. And, oh, by the way, if they weren't there and they were injured, which both of these guys were, their teams could still probably get third place. Right? I'm sure San Diego would be a third-place team if Tatis was injured the entire year. If the New York Mets lost to DeGrom, and it was a big joke, ha, 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 you know, they don't win to DeGrom. This year they do. If the New York Mets did not have Jacob DeGrom, they're not a first-place team. That is valuable. That is most valuable. Jacob DeGrom right now is the most valuable player in all baseball. So he's certainly the most valuable player in the National League. Just had his scoreless shutout streak end at 31 innings, so that's the equivalent of three full games and another four innings on top of on top of that. I know it's not Hershiser S, Tommy, but come on, we haven't seen that in, in a long time. And and you're right, I think that's what would happen if he had two or three bad starts in the second half, which is it's possible, right? It happens. It would automatically take him out of the running, and that's that's the unfortunate part about it. Yeah, look, and, and we're talking about right now. Am I putting money on Jacob Degrom to continue this? Absolutely not. I like Degrom, but I just don't think anybody can continue this. And I have you know a hundred and ten years of history to say that. Right? We know this is not going to continue, but. You know, people go, well, what if DeGrom ends with like a 1.5 ERA? You know, maybe. Maybe. I got to see what Tatis does. If all of a sudden San Diego is sitting in first place and Fernando Tatis is putting up, you know, 40, 30 uh, first place San Diego Padres and batting 280 kind of numbers, I'm going, yeah. But guess what? Fernando Tatis' batting average is garbage and his fielding is bad. Turn off your highlights, guys, and watch this guy on it every single day. He's got all the talent in the world, but he's got more errors than anybody else also. So, yeah, Tatis could steal this, probably will. If the Braves overtake the Mets for first place and it's Ronald Acuna that does it, I personally think it would be Freddie Freeman, but if it's Ronald Acuna that does it, sure, I could see him losing it there. I could see Nolan Arenado going absolutely crazy and overtaking him. There's a number of Dodgers I could see going crazy and overtaking him. But right now, where we stand today, heading into July, Jacob DeGrom is the most valuable player in the entire sport. Let's go to the American League side of it. All talk has been about Vladdy, has been about Otani. Tom, where are you at? Vladdy, well, we both like Vladdy. I love Otani. I know you don't you don't mind him as well. It's been fun to watch these guys. Otani is number 25 today. Vlad at 26 two days ago. Vlad batting 340, though, which he's just been on fire this year. Do I even need to add Xander Bogarts to the mix here, Tom, or, or are we going a two-man show here? 
it's a two-man show. Um, I think most people are going to be on the Otani bandwagon. I'm on the Vladdy bandwagon. Both of their teams are, are not good teams, right? I mean, can we just uh, – they're both battling to maybe get a wild card. So the team aspect, all right. I'm not going to try to blast uh, Otani, and, and I'm looking to get Jay Harris on my show this week. Uh, we've had him on multiple times. He wrote the book about Otani, followed him around. I had him on in the preseason. Because last year, I took Otani to win the MVP, right? This year, I had Vlad to win the MVP. So I have a little bit of a betting interest in this uh, conversation as well. But I'm going with Vlad. I'm going with Vlad because of this. Look, let's take hitter against hitter. Because that's, that's what you have to do. You have to go hitter against hitter for this portion of the argument. Well, Vlad is, is the clear better hitter. Home runs, it's close. RBIs, it's close. But Vlad got him, Vlad got him, Vlad got him on OPS, and Vlad has him in batting average where Vladimir Guerrero has a chance to win the Triple Crown this year, and it's a very legitimate chance. At right now, Vlad is percentage points away from uh, you know first place. He's got the most home runs. He's got the most RBIs. So he's got a chance to win the Triple Crown. He is a player that you have to also look at the team around him. This is a team with stars. But even the stars, the Bruchettes, the Springers, they're looking at Vlad. This is Vlad's team. This is Vlad. This is Vlad. This is Vlad. Now you go to Otani, and everyone's going to go, well, yeah, but he pitches. He does pitch, Tim. He, he pitches five innings, walks a bunch of guys, and he's got great exit velocity, and, and he you know ramps it up to 95, 97 miles per hour. He's a physical specimen. It's unbelievable what he's doing. But, Tim, he's a DH, right? I, I mean, we can't sit back and say, oh, my goodness, and this is one of the things that drives me crazy. You can't sit back and say, oh, he's doing things that Babe Ruth did. No, he didn't. No, he's not. He's not playing the field. He's a DH. So he... He's sitting down most of the time, okay? I've been, back when David Ortiz was doing this, and Big Hurt, who I love, Frank Thomas, when he became a DH, you can't give an MVP to a DH. I don't care how good they are. They play a half a game. So now Otani is a DH. So he's playing a half a game. You eliminate him right away for the MVP race because he's only playing half of the game. But you go, wait a minute. He does this. You're right, he does. And he might get you 30 starts this year. But his starts are about five innings long. He's not somebody that goes deep into the game. It is amazing what he's doing. It is historic what he's doing. It is ridiculously eye-popping what he's doing. His physical talents are, are mind-boggling. I'm an Otani fan. I love it. I love what he's doing. You know I had him in my fantasy league before this year, right? I, I like everything about Otani. But he's not the MVP because he's only playing a little bit more than half the game. Both of their teams are not there. Vlad is there, though, every single day. Vlad's in the lineup. Vlad's playing the field, even if it's bad. Vlad, 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 Vlad's playing the field. I think it's close. And, and some people are going to go, well, Vlad takes the eight sometimes, too. Yeah, he does, but he's also playing the field more. I have Vlad. If you went with Otani, Tim, I'm not going to argue you know, vehemently, but I do think that people, they, they get caught up in the moment of, we've never seen anything like this. Even Babe Ruth. Well, no, Babe Ruth played the field. When you, when you look at in today's game, when you when you uh, stop to watch that bat, you know you're looking for these the guys that create excitement for you, and obviously both of these gentlemen do that. 
when there's an Otani, if I'm not watching the game for whatever reason and, and I'm spinning through and I know Otani's going to come up, I'm going to watch. If I know Vlad's due up in the order, I'm going to watch, right? You, you know, it, it's just, it's a fun to be a fan and, and knowing that you have players like this. And I'm, I'm going Vlad right now as well, Tommy. I know, look, I have my Otani jersey that you got me for Christmas. Oh it's ready God. to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's ready to go for this weekend. I'll be cheering for him against my, my Orioles for sure. But I'm going to go with Vlad just based on pure statistics in that higher batting average, less strikeouts, better OPS. And um, the, I think the team's, the team's better, right? So he makes that team better at this point. Now, if Trout was in the last 30 games, we might be talking something different, but he's not, so we can't. So the only caveat I can throw your way, and I'll just read you the stats and tell me if this factors into it whatsoever, whether it should or whether it shouldn't, because, look, you know, I'm just looking for a reason not to give it to him. If we had to vote on it today, would the would this stand? Okay, and it's the, I call it the Colorado effect, right? And I'm talking about Buffalo and, and his his home stadium, which he has 31 less at bats in Tom. So we can't even say that he played. Well, he's played the majority of the games at home. He hasn't. So in that time, he's batting damn near 400 at home. 16 of his 26 dongs are at home, and 37 of his 66 RBIs are at home. Does that factor into his statistics being inflated because he plays in a band box? I mean, it has to. That's one of the reasons why I put money on him to lead the league in home runs, and I put money on him to win the MVP. And it was such a good payout. I mean, it has to, absolutely. But I don't think that it helps the batting average as much as it helps the home runs. You know, if he was doing what Tatis is doing, and that is 270, 275, uh, but he had 25 home runs. I, I say, yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit more credit. I never, I never equated uh, batting average to you know a smaller ballpark, I, I, but, but the home runs I certainly do. Vlad, yeah, you can nitpick, but I'll, I'll give you the counter argument, and I don't really fully believe this counter argument. But here's the counter argument: Vlad also plays in the division with Tampa Bay, who just went to the, the World Series, the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees. All are above 500, and he gets beat up on just the Orioles, where Otani plays in the division. Sure, you know, Oakland and, uh, and, and Houston are very good, but Seattle and Texas are garbage. So he gets one extra team in the division to kind of beat up on. If we were one of those old fogies that could bet on this, or, uh, sorry, vote on this, and you said, Tim, who are you betting? Who are you voting for? And I said, I, I got to go Otani because I, I don't like that Vlad's home statistics. I think they're inflated. He plays in Coors Field or, or whatever that version is out there in Buffalo, AAA ballpark. Would you say that, that I shouldn't penalize him for that because that's the, the, that's the situation the Major League Baseball put him in? No, if we had a, uh, if we had a show where we're going to these, these debate shows that are going to come on in a couple hours, right? We had one of these debate shows sitting back. I, I could take the other side and go, okay, Tim, you want, you want Vlad today? I'll take Otani, and I'll, I'll put up a good argument. I think it's very, very close. I think it's a coin flip. If you're a betting person, Otani's going to win this thing because they want him to win. Otani didn't deserve to win Rookie of the Year, and they gave it to him. They want Otani to win this badly. Um, so they're going to give it to him. But I would caution anybody out there that I still worry about Otani's health. I still worry about the fact that they're saying that they're – hitting him sometimes, and now there's a lot of conversation that, you know what, right about the time Trout's going to come back, they're going to start playing him in the field a little bit more. Um, I worry, Tim, that 
this grind of a season. Remember, he had off, he had injuries. I worry that the grind of the season will eventually be too much for our time. Um, where I don't worry about that with Vlad. Vlad is a guy that he's going to keep playing in Buffalo, right? And he's going to keep being in the middle of that, that tremendous lineup. And he, he was in shape. He got himself in shape. I think if you're a betting man today, I'm all over Otani. But, man, that injury history worries me, and the fatigue factor does worry me. Tom, what did we get Vlad to win the MVP at? I, this is tremendous. I got Vlad. Oh, oh I can tell you my, my sports betting story here. I went down to Atlanta. I got him with my local. Okay, I got him with my local at 30 to 1, which was fantastic. But I have a limit there. So I go down to Atlanta. I was there down there for much better. And I try to, when I, when I bet, I try to use the kiosk because I don't want them to limit me, you know. So I, I, I put, you know, some money into the kiosk. We'll say, we'll say, we'll say a thousand dollars. It was a little bit more, but we put a couple in. And I got limited, Tim. I got limited uh, three separate times, so I could only put a couple of bucks. And and the odds changed while I was doing it. So I got him on three separate tickets. I have him at twenty-five to one, twenty-three to one, and twenty to one odds uh, to win the MVP. What I like though, I got him to uh, lead the league in home runs. Tim, I have that at forty to one with no limit. Yeah, I have him. I have both him and Otani actually on the on the homers. So I'm I'm excited about that. By the way, I had Otani last year to win the MVP, and I didn't go back into into it this year because I was worried about the fatigue thing. You know that it yeah. burned me last year, but he was my pick last year. Vlad's my pick this year, so I, I'm right there. I mean, I'm right there. No, you are, and the odds today, Vlad's even money now. So it kind of tells you what you know what we're sitting on. So you want to you want a dark horse. Uh, and I and I mentioned Olsen, although I don't think he's going to keep up. What is he? Uh, that three oh nine batting average. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that guy that he's going to be able to keep that up. I don't think they're going to give it to uh, a Jose Ramirez. There's so many guys on on Houston. I mean, Alvarez is the obvious choice, but again, he's a DH. It's kind of hard to go near him. So if you want somebody, um, the the guy that I would be jumping on. Aaron Judge might be the guy. Now, I don't like to bet on the Yankees for things that people vote on because they don't like to do it. But Aaron Judge is quietly having a very good season. I spoke to Michael Kay this morning, who had the same sentiment as Brian Hope, uh, who writes for the Yankees for a Major League Baseball Network. I had him on last week. Uh, I had both of them on. I asked them, what do you think the sticky stuff is doing? They said everybody in the Yankee clubhouse is ecstatic because they think this is really going to help the New York Yankees. It's really going to help the batters. And they both specifically said, we think Aaron Judge is going to have just an insane second half. He's already having a good year, Tim. So if you're looking for a dark horse, I think you can still get Judge, what is he, about 12 to 1 off. Oh, I see him. I, I might be looking at something misdated, but I see him at 30 to 1. 30 to 1 might be in Vegas. <laughs> you got to remember, yeah. I'm getting Sometimes I'm getting my lines from Atlantic City. It's going to be a little skewed. You're getting the New York odds. <laughs> uh, Atlantic City, it's, it's the sports betting capital of the world. Just yeah, like we said, by the way. I'll give you a dark horse, and we'll, we'll go to the timeout. And I only did I, I put a little bit on this here last week, only in the fact that, which which I don't see Boston holding on in this division. But if they can do it, 
and you'll need you know you'll need Bogarts to, to hit the long ball a lot this summer. He's batting three thirty, Tom. He's only got thirteen dongs, about fifty RBIs. So you're going to need them him to go hot with the long ball, and you'll need them to maintain their lead in the East if if they can do that. Bogarts is twenty five to one, so not bad value. Here, here's my problem, though, Tim. You know how I hate this with the MVP. I think the guy on the, on his own team is going to take it away from him, and I think Raphael Devers might be a good long shot. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Final timeout here on a Super Sunday night. we got some NHL talk to discuss as we're on the eve of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Montreal, Tampa Bay. We'll break it down for you next here on Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Be a part of the show, 876-1340, or text FOX to 69187 and your message. This is Heatwave Sports on FOX Sports 1340. Before we get to Stanley Cup talk, of course, we cannot go a weekend without at least mentioning something in the NFL, Tom. I saw this pop up on my feed. I just want to get quick thoughts on this since you are... You do uh, radio back there in the in the uh, South Midwest, Northeast region. So we know that Patrick Mahomes, highest paid NFL quarterback. We know that Dak Prescott just got extended. I think he's at $40 million. We know that Lamar Jackson is in negotiations for an extension. Josh Allen also will be in the negotiations here soon as these rookie contracts are, are coming up quickly the third guy in that class Tommy of that draft class Baker Mayfield Cleveland supposedly everybody loves him in Cleveland they're they're impressed in the maturity that he's shown here in the last two years but something is uh, I guess basically Mayfield's agents coming out and saying that he thinks that this is going to drag out is this grandstanding to see where the other two sign and what they sign for or is it just Cleveland being cheap no I I think I really, I really think, think that, that they understand, understand what kind of team they are, and that is, uh, you know, Nick Chubb and run it, run it with Hunt, and run it, run it some more, and we have an offensive line, run it, run it, run it, and then uh, maybe we'll pass the ball, right? I think that they're in a position where they are going to try to get rid of Odell Beckham, and if they can get rid of Odell and get that kind of, I, I guess, that money off and that persona off and everything else, I think Mayfield will fall in line a cheaper contract than he deserves. Um, I do think Baker Mayfield is a franchise quarterback. I think Cleveland knows that he's their franchise quarterback. But I also think that Cleveland is going to sit down at the negotiating table and they're going to say, look, you're not Josh Allen. You're not Lamar Jackson. These guys were in the MVP run, right? You're not Patrick Mahomes. These guys are MVPs. You're a system quarterback. And you're a system quarterback that the system is run the ball. Now, if you want to win with us and you want to continue to keep going, that's great. Or you could go test the market. I think Cleveland is willing to say, we can bring in a different quarterback and have similar success. Maybe we won't win this whole, the, the whole thing like we will with Baker, but I think that they feel like, you know what, our money can be spent elsewhere rather than completely overpay for a Baker Mayfield. So, Tom, these are the top five paid quarterbacks currently. 
Mahomes at $45 million a year. Dax, $40 million a year. Deshaun, $39 million a year. Russell, $35. And then fifth would be the wonderful Aaron Rodgers at $33.5 million. We know that, I'm going to assume here, Tom, that Lamar and Josh are going to make more than Dax on this extension. Dax got signed yeah, right, $40 million. I was going to say 40. Yeah, 40 makes sense. Right, 40, 40. At least 40, right? Right. Because Dax, Dax didn't even play most of the year and got an extension because they, Dallas had no choice, I think, in that in that aspect. So when you look at Baker, where does he fall into that top five? Do, you know, does he go right under the 40? Is he is he Deshaun Watson money? I mean, Russell Wilson's $35 million at number four. No, I think I think Baker Mayfield has to take I think Baker Mayfield has to take Aaron Rodgers type money or a little bit less even. 32, 33. I, look, he can't ask for 40 in a market that's going to give uh, former MVP Lamar Jackson 40 and Josh Allen coming off the year that he did 40. He's not getting 40. He, he, even Dak. You know, he, he can point to Dak and point to Dak all he wants. His passing numbers are nowhere near that. So, you know, it, it, Dak kind of throws the thing off. I get what you're saying. It skews the market, we'll say, um, to have something like that. But the market generally is established. You know, Mahomes is 45. These guys are about 40. And then we're going to start talking about people underneath that. Um, and people underneath that, you know, I think I think Baker Mayfield gets out of there with 35, and, and he better be happy with 35. He starts pushing for 40 and begging for 40. I think that's a problem. Yeah, I was going to say, Look, if Watson's healthy, he's not making more than Watson. I'm sorry, if, if Watson's not in jail, he's making more than Watson, right? <laughs> Wilson's 35. He's definitely no Russell Wilson. Although Wilson, look, he's had his hiccups, but that, that was value when Seattle was able to sign him at that. So you put him in the Goff, Rogers, Cousins area, that's 33, 34 million. I think that's fair, too. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. I, if I'm Cleveland, I'm rationally saying, look, you know, we're going to win with this guy. He had a very good year. He's a better real-life player than he is fantasy, and people kind of get that confused. But a real-life player, um, you know, he played in two monsoons this year. He's the guy we want to build around. We want stability there. But we're not offering you $40 million, Baker. And you know what? You should get more than Cousins, and you should get more than Goff. But you shouldn't get as much as Allen and Jackson and even Dak. So you're going to land between 32, 33, and 39. I think 35, 36 is where they're going to land. I think the thing and with Baker, like too, by the way, I think it's the years. And I think it's the same thing with the years with Lamar Jackson. Um, you're not giving Lamar Jackson a 10-year deal. It would be one of the worst deals in, in sports. We know that. He's got a short shelf life. We know that. Uh, you have no problem giving Josh Allen a 10-year deal. It, it's different styles, different builds, different body types. Baker Mayfield's a small guy. You know, are you giving Baker Mayfield a 10-year deal to him? No. That's a six. You know, so, so maybe they will say, you know what, we'll give you 40 for four years. But I don't think he's taking that. I think he'll say, you know what, we'll give you 40. Tim, I'm going to give you a choice. You're Baker Mayfield, right? I'm Cleveland. All right, Baker, you want the 40? We're going to give you 40. We're going to give it to you for three years with a one-year option. Or... Take your 35, and we'll give you six years with a seventh-year option. 
Yeah, uh, you got to go to six, right? I mean, that's, right, right. Yeah. And and I think I think Baker has to go to six, and Cleveland saying, yeah, we're we're okay with that. We're going to get you at a relative bargain. Yeah. So there's another story came out this week regarding Tom Brady. By the way, by the way before you move on, because I want to ask you this: What about your guy Lamar Jackson? Because I have no problem. Look, if I'm playing the Buffalo game, I have no problem going forty million for Josh Allen. We drafted you. We built on you. The team is built around you. You you were a MVP candidate. You're only growing. I got no problem locking you up for 10 years, making you the face of, of Buffalo. You've done things that only Jim Kelly did in this town. Here's 10 years. He's 40 million, and I'm set. Okay, Lamar Jackson. I'm pausing big time. So, what is your number for Lamar Jackson? What are your years? For me, you're putting me in the uh, GMC. The the yeah. I have to say what I think he's going to get is probably a seven-year deal, $42 million. I think that's what he's going to get. Wow. And you know what? That might come back to be just a death nail of all. It could. It could, Tom. And I'm just going off market value, and I know that. I think I think you're right there. I think it, I think it might be more, Tim. I think they might have to go. Nine years. I think they might. How do you do with this guy? I was stressing seven, saying it. You know, I, I think yeah. five five years, forty two million, and we'll put in a back end uh, option in the, for the six year team controlled is, is fair. But just looking at what these other guys have signed, and I know that he wants. To, he's verbally said he wants to be there. Obviously, he doesn't have an agent. His mom's handling all this for him with him. And I know the team just absolutely loves him, so they're gonna do they're gonna do well by him, I think. And I, just looking at averages, I believe that that's the deal you're gonna get. I think Allen will get something like eight years, forty two million as well. I think he'll get a little bit longer contract, but I, I believe that they're gonna make more than Dax. Uh, yeah, you know, Lamar just he, he's such a that cut that weird player because you know his style just leads to him having a short career. He's only 24 years old. Tim, he's younger. He only turned 24 in January. He's younger than some of these guys coming out, right? I mean, he's yeah. 24. He's already got oh, he's a VP. He's a bad tackle away from Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But Dak got a contract out of it, Tom. <laughs> yes, he did. But, again, I think he got a contract out of it because uh, they had to. You ask yourself, does Baltimore have to? You know what, Tim? They kind of do, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. So there were, take it with a grain of salt, there were rumors coming out this week about Tom Brady's free agent. Uh, who'd you say tore around the world of the NFL before he signed with Tampa? Is this true, Tom, that the two teams, which he never specifically said, but based on deduction here, the two teams that had the best opportunity other than Tampa to sign Tom Brady were the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chicago Bears, do you believe any of that? No, I don't. Uh, I don't believe the Bears. I think it's 100% the Raiders. Um, Brady came out on his show, uh, what, what is it on HBO or Showtime or one of those, and he said, you know, you're rolling with this effing guy, right? I mean, that's, that's basically what, what Brady said. Well, at the time, you got to think about the teams that he's talking about. At the time, the Bears didn't have their next guy. 
Remember, Trubinsky wasn't coming back. Uh, they weren't going with Foles, and they hadn't signed any Dole. Okay? So at the time that Brady made that comment, I don't think it was the best. So break down the league. Break down the teams in the league. Who would be the team that Brady wanted to play for, thought he was going to play for, and the GM basically said, no, 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 we're sticking with our guy. And Brady's reaction was, that's who you're going with? So there are a few teams here, Tim. One of them, um, when we, we talk about, okay, what team it could be, it could be the San Francisco 49ers. Coming off the Super Bowl and Brady goes, remember, we're going back to when Brady was a free agent. Do you think he would say that about Jimmy G? Well, maybe he, he doesn't like him and he said that, but Jimmy G was in the Super Bowl, right? So just months before that. So I don't think it was Jimmy G. And you go and you look at some of the situations. Would he have said that about Matt Ryan? No, he wouldn't have said that about Matt Ryan. Would he have said that, you know, about her cousin? Oh, possibly, Tim. Minnesota is a possibility. But you know what? I, I don't think that he would take a, a pop shot at her cousins, especially cousins that year. Basically, he was already under this big contract. So how are they going to get out of that contract? That, that's a weird situation in itself. You then go, you, you're looking around the league. One of the possibilities could very well be Philip Rivers, right? Are you going with Philip Rivers? But the timeline is very, very close. It would have had to be that Tom Brady kind of, you know, really knew that. I give that some credence. But I think the Raiders are the team. If you think about Brady wanted to go there, he wanted to, he thought maybe he would go there. The negotiations were there. Who, what general manager would he feel comfortable enough kind of cursing at and whatnot? Well, Mayock's kind of one of the guys, isn't he? He's just one of the dudes. He didn't curse at him. He was like, ah. Oh. And Brady saying that about Derek Carr makes some sense, doesn't it? Wow, well, well, I, I know Gruden doesn't like him. What do you guys, you're rolling with this guy? <laughs> so the timeline, the conversation, I, ne- I don't believe the Bears were really in on this thing. I, I really don't. I can't really believe that it was Minnesota. To me, if you're asking me, and, and I don't believe he's going to say that about Garoppolo coming off of the Super Bowl the way that they did. To me, if you're asking me who do I think the two teams are, I think the two teams and the guys that he was talking about were Phillip Rivers and Derek Carr. And you know, I think the reason that it wasn't Las Vegas was Carr had a, had a decent season, but, man, oh, I, I guess with the way COVID came in, it, it wouldn't have mattered, but the thought process based on the timeline, right, Tom, was new, new city, new stadium, new, new quarterback, but it's not the route they went. And, <laughs> you know, obviously Tom was right. Tom was right about it. He absolutely was right. Put it this way. He was right about it no matter what team it was right. that we just named, right? No matter what team that we speculated on just now, uh, Tom was right. He was 100% right. Why? Because Tom's got a ring. And if he went to the Raiders, I don't think he, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think he's got a ring, but the Raiders are certainly a, a massively, markably better team and uh, certainly a playoff team and maybe competing with Mahomes for first place, right? If it was, you know, Indianapolis, San Diego, or Minnesota, or, or you know, even San Francisco, yeah, I think he absolutely uh, you know, is in a much better position. And the San Francisco thing, look, I thought he wanted to play for San Fran. Could I see him saying that about Garoppolo? Eh, Brady's got it in him to probably say that. I just find it hard to believe that he would say that after Garoppolo brought them to a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, any other time, if you look at the timeline, any other time I could see him being that guy. He wanted to come to San Francisco. He shocked. What? You're going back with Garoppolo? You know? But not after bringing them to the Super Bowl. I just don't think Brady would say that. But you can't rule out San Francisco. Right. Had, had they not went to the Super Bowl, it may have been San Francisco, to tell you the truth. I, I think I think if they – this sounds silly, but maybe the worst thing that happened to San Francisco was going to the Super Bowl because if they didn't go to that Super Bowl, I think Tom Brady's their quarterback. Yeah. Hometown, right? Uh, that obviously would he wouldn't mind going back there, but they passed that up, and now he got another ring somewhere else. So good, good work there, Frisco. Yeah, <laughs> the guy wants the, the greatest NFL player. Forget about quarterback. We got to stop just saying greatest NFL player that's ever laced him up wants to come to his hometown, wants to come to play for you. You have a massively injured and limited quarterback. We don't need them. Yeah. All right, Tom. Tomorrow, game one, Stanley Cup playoffs. Montreal at Tampa Bay. Tampa, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Montreal, we we really were in-depth with the story last night on on their run to the Cup. Game one, Tampa home, minus two, $2. I think it's a soft line, to be honest with you. I think Tampa at home, game one, they're going to hold whole uh, mic here. I'm not going to take the bet because, like I said, I have learned how dangerous Montreal can be because I just kept making money on them. So I'm not going to go against them here, but you know, if you give me the 300 bucks, I'm absolutely taking 100. <laughs> I'll bet the 100 to win the 50 on Tampa Bay as opposed to betting 100 to win, you know, whatever, 170 on Montreal. I think Montreal is going to have a decent series here. I said they're going to go seven. But Tampa Bay is a different animal at home, and I just think that at home, being one, try to repeat Stanley Cup, it's going to take a minute for these young 20, 21-year-olds to settle down, and it might take a game. What about the series price? I'm looking at plus 225 if you like the Canadians. I can't do it. Uh, you know, I thought about it long and hard, because I do think it could go seven games, and I do think Montreal's going to play well. And, and I see the large line here. I just can't do it. I don't think they win the series. And I, we always talk about in sports betting, go with value, right? I cannot bet an underdog unless I think they're going to win. I won't just throw money on an underdog because, ah, you know what, there's some value there. Well, it's not value if they don't win, right? So it's not, it's not for me, man. I think Tampa Bay wins, even though I think Montreal plays a real good series. A couple quick notes on the Canadian side. Armia out. For the first two games, at least he's in protocol, Tommy COVID protocol, and the Habs can possibly get head coach Ducharme back for game three back in Montreal as he'll be ready to come off the protocol list. Uh, that's kind of cool because I think that might be the kick that they need, right? They go down 0-2 to Tampa. Well, now you come home and you get your coach back. and You know, that gets all of a sudden, that kind of gets uh, the extra motivation. If you're looking at a game, that's the game I'm circling to take Montreal. Tampa, two $2 favorite tomorrow on game one. I like Tampa tomorrow as well. Game two is going to be obviously the the uh, the turn game for me, as we've seen in, in these playoffs, Tom. And I like I said last night, I think if Tampa gets these first two at home, they'll split at least on the road and have a chance to wrap it up in five at home. And I'll stick with that as we uh, 
take make our final predictions. You like seven, I like five. Tampa and five back to back champions, and uh, just another great, great hockey season. Yeah, a great hockey season. Um, absolutely crushed it at TomBartonSports.com. I'm gonna end off. Uh, I'm not gonna do too much here, so I'm gonna end off. Uh, you know, well over the seventy five percent mark. I, I just. Just had an amazing, amazing hockey season. I might take one or two games this playoff season. We got to got to see how the lines are, but I kind of uh, have the, the pre lines. We'll see how it goes here. But the, the hockey season was great. It was enthralling. I liked the setup of the teams, you know, because it was different. And uh, Tampa Bay is going to be the one team here that right now that is going. You know what? We're going back to back to tell everybody to shut up about the fluke twenty twenty talk. What kind of value can we get if Montreal loses the first two games? Can we do we get a a Vegas situation here, Tom? Eight ten to one. Ooh, Ooh. you might. Yeah, you. You know, I don't know if it gets ten to one, eight to one. Yeah, seven to one, eight to one. Yeah, a down o two, seven to one or eight to one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think the books adjust. They 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 got their asses burned the last round by them, so they're not going to do that again, right, Tom? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and it's the Stanley Cup they're going to go. Anything can happen. We'll see how they play out. I mean, if Tampa goes out there tomorrow and wins six nothing, you know, uh, that might change some things. Well, Tom, we're going to wrap up early tonight as we head into a holiday weekend. We'll be back in two weeks' time, right here on Heatwave Sports. Let everybody know about the website and, of course, hashtag SGN. You have a holiday show coming up this week. Yeah, we're going to have a holiday show coming up. Uh, like I said, I'm going to try to get Jay Paris on the show, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of Suns. We're going to talk, obviously, the NHL. Guys, go check out the Wagering Week podcast. This week, it's, it's a really good one. Michael K is fantastic, and Michael K really, really uh, gave his opinion on the sticky stuff in the situation. It was not supposed to go out. The interview was not supposed to go in this direction, but Michael K is, is such a... a a good dude and kind of uh, you know, let his feelings be known. So you want to check that out. It's Wagering Week. It's the podcast. We also have Jeremy Evans on explaining the Supreme Court ruling about the NCAAs and what that's going to mean to the sports betting world as well because there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I got a lawyer on to talk about that NCAA and what that is going to mean to your wallet as well. That's hashtag NCAA and it's Wagering Week the podcast. Please like, subscribe, share. That's how we stay on the air. So Make sure you guys go and do that. All right, Tom. Have a great, great week off. Well, week off this show. We know you're working every day, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. All right. See you guys later. Thank you very much. Have a good 4th of July. Yes. Tom Barton. TomBartonSports.com. For under $100, you get five weeks of service. That'll take you through July, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA Finals, Major League Baseball, if you mention Heatwave Sports, it gives you the extra week absolutely free. TomBartonSports.com. For Tom, for Damon Cotton. Damon, have a great holiday week. I'm Tim Ungles. We will talk to you in two weeks' time right here on Heatwave Sports. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 98. FM, 1340 AM. Good night.